siya. to this process that's far beyond just you know the using the machines to do the work and stuff like that like this is um, I'm, I'm glad you can actually speak so thoughtfully about kind of these stages um, you know especially this when you, especially when you're talking about you know like where Hikikomori was was not organic and straight up you know the sort of machine and samples but then you've got its its outliers are wood and water that are very organic features that sort of yeah. feed this rounding out aesthetic. Yeah, no, this is a big journey for me. This is a, you know, these are, you know, this is, you know, my first commercially released uh, music under my own name. So, uh, you know, it it's, it, and it took, and it took a long time. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's two solid years of work, really. If you if you go back to that initial idea of just coming up with something, you know, somebody coming up to me, you know, back in August of 13 and saying, hey, would you do something, you know, on the ghost story? You know, but we don't want, you know, little commonplace ghost stories. We want real stuff and modern stuff. And, um, and, and if, you, if you go from there and go until right now, um, and and being on the other end of it, and looking forward to the videos that you're going to do for the for Funiyiri, um, you know it, it it's been a pretty it's been a pretty big immersive experience, and so I've I've got a lot to say about it, um, but the journey that I've been through, the kind of voyage that I've taken, um, is separate and distinct from the music itself. And, and that has to be defined and, and kind of co-signed by the listener. So, so it's, it, it, you know, it's been great to, to kind of have this story to be able to tell and to reflect on. And it opened up a lot of uh, new and interesting things. But it's also, I've also produced um, these three um these three records that uh, you know kind of belong to the world now and people are um, not just expected but encouraged to let them let the listening experience guide them on their own journeys and their own thoughts and about the record and, and um, you know what it means and, and what sounds good or what looks good or what feels good.
Well, and I think what's what's interesting about what we're talking about now is this is basically a, a new story, right? So even though it's we're talking about these albums and this work, it, it's not in the sense of like somehow validating the work or somehow giving it legitimacy. It's it's we we've gone off another fork in the road where instead of right. this all being internal to you, we're deciding that this has its own place kind of alongside or or with but you know kind of cohabitating yeah no doubt absolutely the the i mean it, it's it's its own there each each record is its own thing um and and and, and a lot of that's defined by the listener um you know one of the um one of, I believe it's the last track on Hikikomori. Your video for it has a lot to do with war. And the, one of the thematic elements of the song, the last 45 seconds of the song has these big explosive things that sound like bombs going off. And that is basically an original drum beat that I did slowed down a thousand times and it it just it was what that was one of those things that i didn't do you just came back to it and it was there i just came back to it and it was there it was i I put the drum beat in i recorded the drum beat downstairs in my basement um and put the drum beat track um on and i was doing some stuff with reverb and um, just equalizing the drum track basically, but it was in regular time so that this was going to have an actual regular drum beat on top of the electronic drum beat that's running through it. So I kind of did a little counter time thing. Came back the next day or two days later, whenever I got back to the, to the work and it was slowed down. It was slowed down so much and by a proportion that I didn't know. So I couldn't I couldn't bring it back. Like, I couldn't speed it back up because I don't know how much it's been slowed down. The thousand times was just a guess. Like, it's slowed down a lot. Um, and so I played with it and tried to get it back, and I was kind of panicking, and then finally, you know, I let that I let that go, and I went back to my aesthetic of this is, the, this is what the machine wants, and I listened to it, listened to that last 45 seconds um, and made a few edits here and there. And that didn't resonate with me. You know, I was like, I'm going to go with it. And it didn't really resonate until I went back and saw your video for it. With these soldiers lining up and there's explosions in the video. And they fit with the music. Yeah, I, no, I, mean, I... Did that per- I don't know if you did that purposefully or not. Yeah, no, there was, I mean it's one of the things that I've worked on when when applying the sort of collage aesthetic that the last couple of years when it's appropriate and it just happens to have been appropriate a lot of the time um, you know rather than sort of traditional you go out and have a set and film and do that sort of thing it's it's a lot more taking found imagery and deconstructing it to certain degrees and mixing it together um you know there's times like there was i think one of the videos i did for years where it was actually probably like five or six images that were all blended together to create something entirely new 
you know, on different speeds of footage and all that sort of thing. Um, but there's also a very thoughtful effort. There's times when you'll drop stuff down, much like you're talking about in Video Land, and you the music just fits where you drop the video. And you yeah. may need to make little tweaks, but you look at it and say, well, that's done. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's other times, like I remember with that video, being very thoughtful about where the edit cuts went because there was mm -hmm. such a propulsion to it. Um, and part of what I remember doing with that was actually creating, um, creating parts of the image that were different stages of blurred out so that you got yep. almost this like broken mirror aesthetic to it yes yeah um, absolutely but yeah as it as the i remember like the initial i think like the first part of that film kind of goes with the music and that there weren't i wasn't cutting it a lot it was kind of going with sort of these longer takes of just people lining up and doing their thing but then as the piece goes on there's a lot more breakage of the image and a lot more of, of shifting it around which creates an, an extreme sort of visual violence to it yeah um, well it fits I mean the point that I was going to make um, is that it fits with this idea that kind of surrounds the, the trilogy of coincidence and serendipity and, and, and because I read an interview literally the day you sent me that film and i believe you know you sent them out of order so i believe the fifth one was the first one you sent i probably was Sec yeah um and so i was you know i had just finished Akiko mori i always kind of take a break before um starting a new starting the new project so i was starting to kind of put just put files aside for um for mixing um Funiyiri. And, you know, you sent the video, and literally I had on my two screens at work, I had the video up, and I had an interview with um, the sister of a Hikikomori. And she's talking about her grandparents um, who had survived Hiroshima. Hmm. And saying that her greatest fear was not that her brother might never see and certainly would not attend the funerals of his grandmother and grandfather, but that the world could be destroyed and he would never know. 